from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Brian Drury is the founder of Overcoming Graduation, LLC, creator and host of the Overcoming Graduation podcast and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, The First Step. He is an avid traveler, having visited 16 different countries and has created a life where he gets paid to travel while building his personal business. At just 26 years old, Brian is working to show young adults that they can create the life of their dreams by thinking differently, taking action outside the box, and discovering what really drives them at their core. What's up, Brian? What's up, man? I am thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We're I'm going to actually throw this out there on the podcast. We had some funny tech stuff going on today, so <laughs> I don't know if like the planets are aligning, but I thought I'd just share this quick story with you of how I woke up this morning. I haven't told many people this. So All right, hit me. Today, it's almost 8 a.m. I've got my alarm set, ready to go. I was going to sleep in a little bit this morning, and before the clock hits 8, boom! And I wake up to, you know, I don't know what I was dreaming about, but I thought I was like in Pearl Harbor. Like I thought Mm -hmm. things were just exploding everywhere. And (laughs) I'm already really bad at being a morning person. So like I'm one of those people where it's like if you talk to me for the first hour of the day, I'm like the angriest person in the world. And then I'm fine (laughs) after that. But man, being woken up like this and thinking that the world was ending, I found out that we actually had the neighborhood next to us. There was a car that exploded that lit three other cars on fire, and apparently some people were injured. So there's been like helicopters overhead all day, but now I'm here hanging out with you. So thanks for being here. I am much more awake now as opposed to this morning, and I'm ready to do this. So let's talk overcoming graduation and not exploding things. Yeah. And uh, if you did ex- make anything explode, I want to hear about it. But let's talk overcoming graduation and just where did this idea come about for you? You know, you and I are almost the same age here, and uh, I just love to hear, you know, where did this even start? Absolutely. And I was going to say, if you want, I mean, better than a shot of espresso is an explosion, I guess. To I actually saw your Facebook status earlier today and I was like, oh God, I cannot imagine waking up like that. But so how it all started, and I think this is like a lot of the people that I've talked to on my podcast and people that any person, any entrepreneur, any creative, really, it was just kind of an idea that hit me one day. So when I graduated school, I graduated from Penn State and moved out to Wisconsin for to start my first job. And when I got out there, I got into the routine and I started to really love it. I was like, oh, it's a new place, new people, new things. And I was living in a very small town in Wisconsin, which doesn't really fit me, but I was like, no, I can make this work. Then very quickly after a couple months, I found myself just getting into the monotony or the rat race, I guess some people might call it. And at that moment, I was like, there's got to be more to this than just being miserable at a job five days a week, going out and drinking with the same people at the same three bars every weekend and then repeating. And so I started to get into a lot of personal development, personal growth, watching a lot of TED Talks. I was really introduced to it by Sean Stevenson. That's what really kicked me off. And now he's a good friend of mine. And as I started to get into that, I realized that I had mindsets and limiting beliefs that were holding me back, things that I wasn't even really consciously aware of that were keeping me from taking the actions I'd always wanted to. And the whole way that Overcoming Graduation started was by starting to challenge these limiting beliefs. And one of the first of which I challenged was 
um, I'd love to write a book because first I'd say that, then I'd go, oh, well, yeah, but you can't, you don't know how to publish and you don't know how to do this and da, 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 da. And I'd immediately just push that idea from my mind every time it came up as if it were impossible until one day I just said, what's stopping you from actually just writing the book, not doing all the other stuff, just getting a book written. And that went on to become the Amazon bestselling book a little over two years later. With Overcoming Graduation, I actually distinctly remember a night that I was in my room in Wisconsin and I was trying to think what would be the company that I wanted to create? Like who is it I want to help? And I said I want to help young adults, people that are just coming out of school, that they're ambitious, they're excited, they're driven, they're motivated, they want to make a difference in the world, but they don't have clarity on how they can do that, what their unique gift is. And I said who would I want to help and what would that business be called? And the name just popped into my head. And I was like, overcoming graduation, that's perfect. That's awesome. It just kind of came out of nowhere. And it took another two years, I think, or a year and a half before I actually created the LLC and got the podcast started. But that's really a, a summary of the origin story, I'd say. And so I think one of the important things to note here, too, just even before we dive deeper into anything else, is that uh, I remember we were talking maybe a couple weeks back, and the just the difference between you and a lot of the other people I've had on the show is you still actually work a full-time job. Is that right? Yes, I do. Yep. So I think it's just really important to bring that up because I don't want to, even just for the listener's sake, have this one-sided perspective of like, oh, everyone needs to quit their job and just start a business now. I mean, I'm yeah. a huge fan of that. I'm definitely someone who will uh, preach that a little more often than not, but I want to make sure we're giving both sides of the coin here. So I think it's really important that we dive into that in just a little bit. But also, uh, you mentioned a few things like the book, some self-improvement. Where did the whole self-improvement thing start for you? Like, uh, you know, how does one just go about deciding to work with uh, mentors or meet these people that are making a difference in the lives of others? I mean, what does your journey, so to speak, look like in bettering yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I can remember a, a specific moment for me when I really attribute me getting into actually working on developing and growing myself. And I definitely want to come back to later in the interview the idea of working a full-time job and building your own company outside because this was something that um, I, I have a lot of passion around because – I not only work full time, but I work in a dream job that allows me to travel all over the world and see and do amazing things and interview and meet people from all over the world while I'm building this business. It also has the work-life balance for that. So that's something I definitely want to get into uh, in later on is creating your dream, not waiting for later to be your dream, but creating your dream now. And so the actual beginning of when I wanted to, when I realized that I need to be the person that takes control of my destiny and of myself because I'm the only one who's going to own that. And I also am going to spend more time with me than anybody else in the world. So I need to make this relationship with me one of the best, if not the best I have in my life. So it all started one day. I was in Wisconsin. Uh, and if, you know, for any of the listeners, if you know anything about Wisconsin, it gets pretty cold. The coldest day I felt there was minus 53 degrees. So uh, we literally did the throw the boiling water up in the air and watch it boil thing. But, or I'm sorry, watch it turn into it's snow. It's cool though, right? 
it was awesome to do for that one second, but then we had to run back inside because there was a five-minute frostbite warning. So, <laughs> so at that point, it was like, yeah, cool. All right, back inside. Um, but the I remember being in Wisconsin, and so I'd moved there without knowing anyone, and I was feeling disconnected. I was meeting lots of good people, but we just didn't share the same interests, and I wasn't feeling like I had any real close, deep best friends like I did back home You know that I could reach out to when things got rough or when a really good thing happened. It just felt like more like drinking buddies versus really deep friendships. And I was feeling disconnected. I was really feeling the monotony of my job and I was really down on myself. And my brother sent me a video and he said, Brian, you got to check this out. He goes, if you're having a bad day, watch this video. And I pulled it up and it was the Sean Stevenson dance party video. Which, I've seen it. Yeah. And tell me you didn't just immediately start smiling as soon as that thing started, right? Yeah. Especially for people who like kind of know who Sean is a little bit or at least have just a little inkling of who he is if you've seen him before. I mean, it was just, it was the goofiest thing ever and also just the greatest thing. It really is. And uh, now, so at that point, I had never met Sean. I had never even heard of him, but I saw that video and it immediately turned my mood around. And then I said, well, who is this Sean guy? Is he just some guy in a wheelchair that dances on camera or is there more to it? And then I found out he's one of, you know, the most renowned speakers in the world. He's an amazing coach and therapist. People pay $10,000 or more to go spend a day with him to do breakthrough therapy, where in 12 hours he uproots your deepest, most painful beliefs and like helps you connect the power and the lessons to them. And so like Sean is just an amazing dude. And for anybody listening, just Google some of Sean's videos, some of his interviews. I love his TEDx talk where he spoke at a prison after Richard Branson. <laughs> He's absolutely amazing. And... So I, I saw that video and then I said, well, let me see what else. I, and his first speech I watched was at an event called Awesomeness Fest that's put on by a company called Mind Valley. And so I said, let me watch some of these other videos. And I started replacing my daily, you know, just watching the same episodes of Family Guy or South Park that I saw every day over and over. I stopped watching those and started watching TED Talks. I started watching Awesomeness Fest speeches. I started watching just clicking on the different links from all these speakers that I was starting to really enjoy. Lisa Nichols, Vishen Lakiani, Sean, Richard Branson, just getting all of these people. And all of a sudden, I started to notice a shift in the way that I was looking at the world. And I started to get an understanding that the way I see the world is not given to me and it's not something that I have to live with. It's something that I choose and something that I'm really focused on right now or that I have a lot of attention on, and this is a speech I want to give at a university very soon, is about how we choose the stories that we not only write, but we choose the stories we hang on to in our lives. And sometimes we're living our entire lives based on a limiting story or a story based on fear that is driving us to do all the things we don't want to. We're telling ourselves that we're losers, so we're living that story because we're holding on to it when really we could decide at any moment of any day to let that go and turn things around. Now, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to BS everybody and just say, yeah, you just decide and everything happens like that because I know that's not true. And my own transformation has been a lot of work. It's been a lot of challenges, and it takes time to uproot some of these beliefs. But the decision to start can come at any moment. So that's really where that was the genesis, I guess, the very beginning of my journey into personal development. And it's been three and a half years of crazy 
ups and downs and all kinds of life-changing things, some good, some bad. And, you know, that first video I said, I'd love to meet this guy, Sean, one day. And now he's a great friend. I see him at least once a year. I go to his events. And um, one of my goals after seeing that video was to pop lock with Sean one day. And I have a video on my Facebook of me pop locking with Sean. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, this kind of brings up something for me that I, I feel like I probably haven't brought up in a little while. But just a great reminder to everyone is that you are not a human being having a spiritual experience, but you are a spiritual being that's having a human experience. And I think <laughs> that kind of goes to what you were saying a little bit about how every every day is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it's far too often that we kind of lose sight of not necessarily our purpose, but just the very fact that we are here, like you are here right now. And uh, I'll steal a little piece from a speech I gave to a local high school. They, I spoke to a 9th, 10th, and 11th graders uh, just last week. And I said, you know, your story is being written every day, whether or not you choose. It, mm-hmm. It's it's going to continue to be written, whether you sit here in this audience right now and listen to me, or if you get up and walk out of the room. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't care for what you're doing but the story is going to continue and so i think it's just so crucial to stop and kind of take a moment and realize you know we don't spend the time to just say like i'm here what am i gonna do with it Mm -hmm. and i love i love what you're saying there because it's one it's recognizing that it's a it's a conscious decision how this story gets written but two, it's just also understanding that it's not going to be perfect. And so here is one of my biggest lessons and learnings as I've gone through personal development and growth and I've started to meet and interview and connect with some really incredible people from all over the world, whether they be entrepreneurs, successful business people in Fortune 500 companies, UFC fighters, all of that. One of the biggest misconceptions that I had about these successful, and, and I don't define success just by money. I mean, happy, fulfilled, you know, loving life, making a big impact, and they get compensated well for doing it because they're delivering so much value. But I used to think that they had it all figured out. That, and I don't mean like their mission and purpose. I mean, they had everything just locked up. Their relationships were on point. They knew exactly how to handle themselves. Their morning routine was perfect. They always were motivated and happy and inspired. And as I've gotten to meet these people, I've learned it couldn't be further from the truth. Anybody who's listening to this interview, don't for a second think that me or Zephan has it all figured out. And because we're you know, working on our businesses and we're building these things that we're always excited and motivated and inspired, like everyone is human. Every person struggles through these challenges and every person has the days where they just don't even want to get out of bed at all. But what I found is these people invest so much more time in taking care of themselves and in making sure that they allow themselves to feel their emotions, which I early on I thought was about resisting anger and fear and all that. It's not. It's about letting it come through. But these people just have better methods of dealing with the negative emotions or the things that we deem as negative. They have different mindsets that help them to use that negativity as fuel, to use it to drive through, or to just get through it quicker than most people would to get back to a place of power and contribution. So that's something that I think is so critical to realize is that we are all so much more similar and so much more connected than 
than we really think. That's just such a huge point for me. So I'm glad you brought that up about the, oh, oh, and I wanted to say something else about what you said about the stories, because I heard this from a YouTube video of Joe Rogan speaking, and it was like a three minute video, but it was one of the most like pump up videos I've ever seen. And he said, what would the hero in your story do right now? If you were writing this story and you were the hero in that story, what would they do? Because every hero and every story has challenges and has uh, like challenges and pain thrown at them and things they don't expect. But the reason they become a hero to us is the, the, the way they respond to those challenges, not what life throws their way. So anybody listening, you're going to have down times. You're going to have horrible, painful things happen. And it's all about your choice and your response in how you move forward after that thing occurs. Yeah. And so I know that, you know, reaction, the way you react is a huge deal. Um, I'd love to just kind of transition into uh, how you reacted to what it was like to be in a small town in a place that really wasn't working out for you. Um, and then where is that kind of taken you today? You know, it's like work our way into the, uh, where you're working now and how you're balancing that out with what you're doing. Got it. Yes, absolutely. So when I first got out there, like I said, everything was new and exciting. And like so many things in life, when it's new and when it's fresh, we can get really caught up in that. And I mean, it's like the honeymoon phase that people often attribute to just getting married. We have our honeymoon phases, but as soon as that disappears, we're like, oh man, is this wrong? Am I in the wrong place? And so before I started getting into Sean Stevenson stuff and all of the other personal development growth, before I started reading books, which I never used to read, I saw, and I actually started finding things I like to read. So it was, uh, it was exciting for me. But what I was doing prior to starting all that was saying, this town sucks. This small town doesn't fit me. Like literally in college, when people asked me where I wanted to go, what did I want to do once I graduated? I said, I want to live in a big city on the coast, hopefully in a foreign country, warm weather near the beach. That's perfect. Lots of stuff going on. And I went to Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> right. So, so the much, opposite. Exactly. The complete opposite. And But I knew the job was a good fit for me because I – had studied abroad in Spain in college. I spoke Spanish fluently and I was like, I want a job that has international connection and allows me to use my language skills. So that's another huge myth is you have to have it all figured out. That's nonsense. We're all figuring it out as we go. So for, especially for the young adults listening where you're like, I got to figure out my 10 year plan and all that. I'm very, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm very against that. I'd say, I don't believe that's true or that's accurate. I think you just need to have more clarity on what you want to do now. If you can go out a couple years, if you can get some clarity on what you're working towards and then reverse engineer that, like Cameron Harold says, that's fantastic. But finding what you want right now and taking a step towards your dream is so much better than trying to make it perfect all right now, because it will never be perfect. My coach, Peter Scott, says you got to get 80% ready and then jump. So I was looking at this where I was like, this town sucks. It's small. It's cold. I don't feel connected to the people around me. There's, they, they won't have the things I want to try. I want to try salsa dancing. I want to take MMA classes. I want to try CrossFit. It's too small of a town. I won't have any of this. As soon as I started getting into personal development and realizing I needed to own this, I said, okay, Brian, have you actually even checked into any of this? 
and then you know that negative voice pops up, which is always going to be there, and it's whether you choose to listen to it or not. And I've learned that so many times, and continually have to remind myself. And all of a sudden, I said, "All right, well, have you ever looked?" And the negative voice, "There's no point in looking. It's a small town. Don't waste your time." And then finally, one day, I said, "I'm just going to Google it." There was a salsa studio um, ten minutes away that gave a free lesson for me to try. There was a jujitsu gym six minutes away that gave a free month of classes for you to try every class before you would uh, actually start paying. There was a CrossFit gym two minutes driving from my apartment. And I literally, so all of these things I've been telling myself like, oh, it's not out there. There's no point in even trying because it won't be there. We're so much closer. And if I just looked sooner, I could have seen those things. I ended up doing jujitsu for uh, over a year and a half. The uh, salsa classes I just tried and then they ended up being very expensive and at that point I did not have a lot of expendable income because I graduated with $80,000 in student loans. So I was making massive student loan payments. My salary wasn't, uh, I had a very good starting salary but with rent and all those payments I had very little expendable income. But I worked to start shifting that money towards the things that really matter to me. So CrossFit, Jiu-Jitsu, and trying to travel versus the things that, you know, just drinking every weekend and spending a ton of money on that. And so do you want me to continue into like how I transitioned into a, a dream job from that original job? Yeah. So like where did the dream job come into place? And then maybe a little bit on, you know, how are you balancing, you know, you've got a podcast, you've got a website you're running, you know, where do you find the time to still do those things? Like, uh, you know, whether it's jujitsu or the salsa or anything like that. Absolutely. Okay. So in Wisconsin, uh, and I'm not going to specify the company's uh, names just because I've been asked not to, especially for my current company, because I want to keep you know my current job and my business separate. But um, they're both major Fortune 500 companies, uh, guaranteed. Anybody who's listening to the show knows their products. So I, you know, I've worked in big, and I wor- have worked and am working in big major corporate environments. And I used to subscribe to the idea that corporations are evil, right? Especially the millennial entrepreneur movement. It's like if you get caught up in the hype, sometimes there can be this whole thing like it's millennials against the world and you got to get out of the corporation and you just got to take the leap and you got to do this. And for some people, that works. For some people, that's right. And for everyone listening, what I would say to you is you need to identify what makes the most sense for you and what is true in your heart And then follow that and don't be deterred by anybody else because I've proven to myself that I can have an amazing job that's fulfilling and exciting and helps me live the life that I want while I build a business. And this brings up one of my favorite quotes of all time, which I use all the time. And of course, it's from Sean Stevenson. I'm probably going to mention him another three times this show. (laughs) But he says, never believe something that doesn't empower you. Never believe a story, an idea, a belief, or a concept that doesn't empower you. And he talks about this because no one knows the future. No one knows with absolute certainty that if you do X, you're going to get Y. There's all kinds of unexpected things that can come in, amazing things, bad things that can happen. So never accept a belief that doesn't empower you. I think that's, that's how he says it more exactly. So I kept hearing these things and I was getting really deterred. I 
started off working at that company with a great manager that was just amazing and challenged us and helped us grow. And then a new manager came in and she started to take away responsibilities from me because I, it seemed like she was a little intimidated by me being really ambitious. I started asking people, you know, how can I, my big goal was to live internationally, to spend time living internationally in a country where I don't speak the language. I, you know, my study abroad in Spain just sparked the travel bug so intensely that I was like, I got to do this. I've got to make this a part of my career. And what someone at that old company said to me was what ends up happening here at, the, at this company is when you're in your twenties, you don't have enough experience to travel. But, and that's when you're like, you have the least, um, the least responsibilities. You don't have a family or kids or a house and you want to travel at that point, but you can't. And then by the time you get enough experience to travel, you're starting to settle down. You have a family and kids. So it just felt so off. I talked to every person I could at that company about how can I make this happen? How can I either go live internationally now or, you know, get myself on the path to get there. And I had a guy literally laugh and tell me, there's no way it'll happen. It'll take 10 years before you even got a shot. And that's if the company has a need. So my, my manager, the one who, um, I will say as much as like, she wasn't as supportive in the professional context when my mom got sick with pancreatic cancer and ultimately passed away. I couldn't have been at a better company because they were so family oriented and had such great values. And this manager was so adamant about helping me be with my family. So for anybody listening, I guarantee, especially if you're in a job where you're like, I hate this job, there are good things. It just takes, you have to be able to stop for a second and look around to find them. But so I'm getting all of this. I'm getting the, my manager said, literally sat me down one day and said, Brian, what are your dreams? What are your big goals and dreams? What are the things that you want more than anything? And I said, okay, well, I want to be a speaker and a writer and I want to travel around. I want to coach people and train people. I want to help people figure out their passion and their purpose in this world. And that's what I really want to do. And she, she had this blank look on her face and she said, okay, how about, how about in this company? And then I said, okay, well, I want to travel. I want to use my language skills. I want to be able to experience different cultures and get these different experiences all over the world at this young age. Well, I'm a young single guy and that's what I really want to do. And she looks at me and she goes, let's be a little more realistic. And I was just like, wow. What? Yeah, literally, let's be more realistic. And so because I said I want to move to a bigger city, I'm like, I know this is not a good fit for me. Although all those changes I made and, you know, getting involved in more activities and actually the best activity I got involved with there was uh, running with my team Triumph, which is a group that helps individuals with disabilities participate in endurance events. So it helped me combine my love for uh, sports and athletics and fitness with helping people. And that was actually the inspiration for my book. But Oops, sorry, buddy. I have thought I had my phone on silent. No worries. Um, and uh, see, I mean, I, I run a podcast, and you, we're all human, guys. We make mistakes. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're doing it live. So, um, so I, you know, I had all these people telling me it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, or it's impossible. And again, never believe any like anything that doesn't empower you—a story, a belief, whatever. And so I kept pushing, and I kept pushing. And there was my dream company, Mind Valley, which I had actually identified from uh, the speech with Sean Stevenson. 
and they required a video resume. And I said, wouldn't it be awesome to work with them one day? And I'd probably said that like 50 times, but never taken any action. And then finally, with all of this personal development stuff working in, I was like, why not apply? So I ended up applying. I ended up taking the shots. I made a video resume, which took seven months to make because I took on 30 challenges of all things I wanted to do to improve myself. One of them was teach myself Portuguese. One of them was run four events with my team Triumph. One was teach myself to cook. And the whole idea was to show them when I set my mind to something, I can do anything. And the other thing was, these are all things I'd always wanted to learn to do. So I said, it's kind of, even if they don't even respond to me, I'll be a so much better version of myself than ever before. So I went through this, I applied, they wanted to offer me the job, companies out in Malaysia, and the job, the salary was less than my student loan payments monthly, so I was like, okay, I can't do this at this point. And then I went on and I kept applying to companies that really excited me, that I felt connected with the mission in my heart, that had helping people at their core, that were very innovative, that had work-life balance, that had flexible work arrangements, and nothing, nothing, nothing. And I got a few small things off LinkedIn. And finally, I was starting to lose momentum and I was starting to lose hope. And I kept pushing, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. So I started to, I hired a career, like a career coach to help me identify some ways to be more strategic about this. And she, and then the people at Penn State's career office said, dude, you got to update your LinkedIn. And I was like, it sounds so obvious. Come on, that's easy. And finally, one day I did that. And, but instead of doing what I would have done in college, which was write what I thought the businesses wanted to hear right. and, and like, you know, and I'm very detail oriented and, you know, and just like the generic thing, I said, I'm going to make this as authentic and genuine an expression of me and put this out there. And if it doesn't resonate with an employer, I don't want to work for them. And that was a big lesson I learned is to stop looking like the whole I'll take anything mentality. It's like if you say that with dating, I'll take anything. You know, I just want to be uh, have somebody to date and go out with. You can get anything, but there's a lot of people you don't want to date. So in the same way, there's a lot of companies you don't want to work for. And my dad said to me, Brian, change just for the sake of change in terms of moving your company just because you're tired of being at this company is dangerous. Like, you know, like just letting go of it because I'm like, oh, I'm tired of this and I don't want to would be a dangerous move. It's like right now you have income, you have this balance of safety. So I was like, I want to balance the ambitious drive to move forward with the security that I have, which I think will tie into what we talk about later in terms of having a job and building a business. And so Finally, I said, all right, I'm going to take the advice that people around me have been giving me, which for everybody listening, if there's something in your life right now and everyone's been saying it to you, you hear it from all different sources and you're like, yeah, I really should do that. Just give it a shot because you have no idea what will happen. The day after I updated my LinkedIn, I got contacted by Google and they liked, uh, I made a new video resume, which is something that I think is a game changer and I highly recommend. That's something I'm working on developing a product for right now because I think that's something that can really help people differentiate themselves in the workplace in a professional way. And Google contacted me. I ended up getting through all the way. I got to final rounds, got interviewed at Google out in California and ultimately didn't get the offer. And so I was like, man, What's going to happen now? Because I've been trying, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of Wisconsin. I've really done everything I can to make this experience good. And then 
I got another LinkedIn uh, invite the day after Google said no, or like, hey, would you like to talk about an opportunity? And I'd had a couple of those throughout the these two years living out in Wisconsin. And part of me was like, dude, it's probably just going to be another dead end. There's no point in even talking to them. But my dad has always said to me, there is no, there's nothing wrong with getting more information. And so I said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And this turned out to be a dream job that combined. I visited 10 different countries all over the world last year. I spent five months living in Brazil. And um, I get to use, I taught myself to speak Portuguese in seven months when I did that video resume challenge. And uh, so I got to use that. I got to live in the place that I wanted to visit more than anywhere else in the world. I have engaging, exciting work, and I have really excellent work-life balance. So I, I've been talking for a while. I want to give you a chance nah, to come you're in good, here, man. man. But, I, I mean, yeah. I think it's just important to notice how consistent you've stayed, consistent and persistent, and also how you've been able to leverage your own curiosity just to move things forward. I think um, people shut themselves down so quickly as opposed to saying, huh, like, I wonder where this could go, you know, and I was in a very similar boat. Uh, I got reached out to from a headhunter at Facebook uh, mm-hmm. for a very, very nice position that was going to pay me much more than I've ever been paid in my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, got through all the way to the end and ultimately didn't get it. Um, so I, I totally get what that's like. And I think that it's just a matter of bouncing back and, and staying persistent and knowing uh, what you truly, truly want, which also kind of goes to staying authentic, like you were saying with your LinkedIn profile and really saying like, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. And a little bit of law of attraction there. You know, if, if you're putting out there into the world who you are and who you want to be, uh, then that's kind of who you're going to become when you, when you stop holding yourself back from uh, becoming that person. So I think it's just important to note those things. How about let's let's just roll in real fast to like, I know there's so many things we could go over. We'll probably have to do like a second episode at some point (laughs) in the future, but like just balancing things out, like you were traveling a lot. uh, You still have, I'm sure plenty of obligations with the current job that you're in. Uh, You know, how are you finding the time to not only uh, do your podcast and, and, you know, self-improvement, but to be a normal 26 year old, you know, and go out (laughs) and, and, and date and, you know, play sports or do whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's I I think this is a a huge one because I think we all have this misconception or this again limiting belief in our heads and I think it's driven off a societal pressure to constantly be busy. It's this idea that you know, we're brought up being like, oh, you know, you see these guys on TV and you see people in movies, you hear maybe even your parents were like this or people that you looked up to, they're always busy and they're always working and making money and they're always getting stuff done. And what I've found is that some of the most successful people are not the people that do the most. They're the ones that do the most important things. It's doing the critical, I heard Cameron Harold say on an interview in The Art of Charm, do the critical few versus the important many. And so in this whole personal development process, it's been a lot of learning, a lot of ups and downs. And I would be, li- I would be a bold-faced liar if I said, yeah, I've been perfect the whole way and I always get my workouts done and I always do that. Like, that's something I've had to realize is that this is growth and it's a journey and I'm going to be up and down. I'm going to have good days and bad days. There was one day that I was just 
all like super down. And my buddy said, dude, it sounds like you're being, you're mad at yourself for not being happy about everything all the time. And that made me laugh. Cause I was like, you're right. Like it's, it's a journey. It's a process. And I've also learned how important it is to feel all those feelings. So in terms of balancing now, I love the quote, if something's important to you, you'll make time. If it's not, you'll make an excuse. And so the first step, and this is why I care so much about this, was identifying what I really want in my life and what is the unique impact that I want to make on the world and what do I really want to help people do at my core? Like what, what is that thing that I talk about and it just lights me up? And so that's helping people not only discover what their unique passion and purpose is, but then giving them the structure and the framework to help make that a reality. So early, uh, early in my personal development journey, before I started, before I hired a coach, it was just a matter of, okay, these are the most important things to me and this is what I want to get done. So writing a book, it's like I started one. So here's one of my biggest pieces of advice. Set very small goals. And, and, I, and I, let me clarify that. Set really big goals, but in terms of when you're, you need to take action, if you're saying I want to write a book, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to write a page today. What I found worked way better for me was to say, instead, write one sentence today. Because oftentimes the hardest part is just getting started. And the most important thing is building the habit. What I've seen so many people do with exercise, for example, is they don't work out for a few months. They say, all right, I'm going back to the gym. They go back to the gym. They spend two hours in the gym one day. They do every muscle group as hard as they can. And the next three days, they can't walk. They don't go back to the gym and it's another couple weeks or months before they go again. What's much better is to go and do 10 minutes on the treadmill. And some people might say, well, you're not really doing anything. There were literally days where I would write one word in my book or one sentence and I would kind of laugh at myself and be like, dude, that really didn't make a difference. But I'm like, but I wrote something today. So first off or first piece of advice, when you identify those critical goals to you, just get very clear on on setting minimums, I think is a better way to put it than what I said earlier. So with workouts, now in my life, I have a 20 minute minimum. That's my minimum to count a, a workout for the day. And my workouts are very broad and diverse and varied. So it's something where as long as I have that minimum, I know what I need to get the results I'm looking for or maintain my current level of fitness. So when I worked with my coach, we took the work that I'd been doing just kind of all over the place. And the reason I actually hired a coach was my, my mom passed away and my mom was, you know, my rock, like everyone just loved her to death. Like most important person in our family, I lost her. And for several months I was just kind of existing. I didn't know what to do. Finally, when I got back, you know, I'd gotten this dream job and I was, when I, when I kind of came back to wanting to develop again, I'd gotten this dream job and I'm now living my dream. I have more money than I've ever had in the bank. You know, I've got the 401k, healthcare, everything's covered there. I have work-life balance to build my business and I'm traveling all over the world to exciting places and I was miserable. And it was such a scary thing to achieve a lifelong dream and not be just thrilled because I thought if I get here, I'm going to be just happy all the time, which is an illusion, just is a huge lesson I've gotten. And what I had to realize was that one, it's all about the inside. It's about your internal journey. It's about your joy and your fulfillment and not living for later or living for tomorrow. But another thing that had happened was 
I'd gotten a dream job, but as a result, we're traveling, we're in different time zones, we're in China, we're in Argentina, we're in all these different places, and I'm exhausted and we're doing very demanding work. And so I'm like, all right, I need caffeine, but I don't drink coffee. So I'd be drinking two sodas a day or more. I put on 12 pounds in a matter of a couple months. And finally, you know, emotionally, I'm all over the place because my mom is gone. I don't know where to pick up my life. My fitness is the worst it's ever been. And fitness has always been a big thing in my life. And I'm just feeling lost. I'm feeling disconnected spiritually from God and everything. So I found an amazing coach who I met again at a Sean Stevenson event. <laughs> this is a common thread. And um, I communicated with him on what we could do with coaching. And he helped me to not only take what I'd done and get more clarity around how to continue to thrive and work towards your dreams and goals in spite of all the things that life throws at you while dealing with these difficult emotions and confronting those fears directly and while continuing to grow physically, mentally, and emotionally in the whole process. So I... I want to give you some more specifics, but I think so one set minimums, set clear minimums for yourself and start ridiculously low because the habits are so much more important than the individual efforts when it comes to these big, beautiful dreams Two, you need to be at an optimum level to produce optimally. So often we have people that believe that they need to just give, give, give them themselves because that's the right thing to do, but they never have anything left for themselves. What I heard Lisa Nichols describe is an analogy where um, her mentor took a glass of water and filled up the glass and said, all right, this is you. This is you full of energy and life and everything. And then as you give it out and she started pouring out water, this is you at the end of the day and the glass was empty. Well, then she took a bowl or a saucer and put it under the glass and said, here's what we all should be working towards. And so she fills up the glass and fills it up to the point it's overflowing and it starts filling into that bowl or that saucer underneath. And she said, we need to fill ourselves up so much and take care of ourselves so well that we're only giving from our excess. We're never giving and letting go of a part of ourselves. I like so, that a lot. Yeah, that was, that was a huge, huge lesson for me because Especially, I mean, Zephan, you're a great guy too. And you're a person who, and wow, well, that sounded really cocky. Me being like, I'm a great guy. <laughs> I, I, I meant to say a person who cares a lot and, and cares about people. But yeah, wow. Really, really humble view of myself there. No, nah, <laughs> I don't really care about them that much. I'm just kidding. No, but, go ahead, go ahead. Zephan's like, nah, you know, people. Is it? No, but, um, but it's like you're a person who cares about people and you have a lot on your plate, but you also really want to make sure you have that balance. But it's very easy to start, and this is something we just talked about before the show, is just say yes to everything because you want to make everyone happy. So that's a big, big key is that one, you'll never make everyone happy. And really, some people, even if you tried, just don't want to see you happy or don't, they, like they're so unhappy inside themselves, they can't see your joy. So it's okay to let go of people. It's okay to say no of things. And when you have clarity on what it is you really want, what you're working towards, it becomes so much easier to identify what brings you a step closer and what doesn't. And then it's also like a big thing for me, like you said, how do you balance a social life? And you know, not just being a guy who works all day and then come home, comes home and works on his business, which has happened to me at times. I'm like, man, I haven't been out in a while. It's having that balance in all the different areas of your life. It's starting to create goals, not just for business and revenue and promotions at work. It's for um, 
my coach and I literally, I, we have a tracking spreadsheet and when we were going through one of the categories is relationships. And so I had invest 10 minutes in a friend every day and invest 10 minutes into a weekly date night. Meaning, well, at first it was find a date and now it's like go on dates now that I'm dating someone. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but it's like, it's so easy to let, the, uh, you know, one thing fall off when other things come up as a priority. But when you create tracking around these goals, when you create clarity around them, then all of a sudden you can see when one's starting to fall off and quickly correct versus with no tracking and just kind of a blind process, you're trying to catch up and then all of a sudden it's been three months and you haven't gone to the gym and it's like, wow, how did that fall off? So the common business adage of what gets measured gets managed. So I think setting minimums, uh, creating clarity around what it is you're working towards in not just your fitness, but your relationships, your spirituality and your business. And then, um, creating some tracking, even if yeah. it's just like a little checkbox on the wall for you. Totally. I really like that. And I think that if you're tracking it and you're also kind of giving from that excess, um, you know, then you're really on, on, on target. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, Brian, I want to just kind of roll things up here and just mm -hmm. wrap stuff up. We've got so much good content here. This is probably one of our most like value packed episodes. Um, let's give everybody a place where they can kind of learn more about you, maybe even reach out. Cause I know that there's so much more we could go into like what's the best website for you and then like maybe give us one sean stevenson video that everyone has to watch <laughs> okay uh and thank you man that's i really appreciate you saying that because that's my goal is to provide as much value as i can when i meet people and when i connect so i really appreciate you saying that and um so my website is overcominggraduation.com all one word and that is really just kind of a hosting spot for the podcast, which is available on iTunes and on Stitcher. If you search for Overcoming Graduation, that's a blue background, white lettering, uh, Overcoming gradu Graduation with Brian Drury. And, uh, and do, you mind, do you mind if I, I, I want to offer more value as well because that's something that is a big thing for me. So can I offer your listeners some free giveaways as well? Totally, go for it. Okay, so, and just to be clear, this is not a sales page. This is not a sales funnel or anything. This is literally something that I created to teach myself how to do a, a funnel or how to work with click funnels. But um, it's a page that's associated with my book. So if you go to thefirststepgift.com, there's three free giveaways. So all you need to do is enter name and email and you'll get the passion finder or dream job questionnaire. So these are some of the best questions that I've identified that are different than most questions or most the way that most people would ever ask you to help you get really clear on what it is you want to do and what's going to drive you to a life of happiness, success, fulfillment, and delivering value. The second is the uh, rapid language learning starter kit. So this is exactly how I taught myself to learn Portuguese, uh, speaking zero at the beginning to in seven months, having two hour conversations with Brazilians entirely in Portuguese. Um, and then the final giveaway is the first step interview bundle, which is a grouping of interviews that were specifically picked for the overcoming graduation community to help people get clear on their purpose crush it in an interview and just become really motivated and inspired. So uh, the first step gift .com is where they can find that. 
And uh, I, can I give you two Sean Stevenson videos? Yes. Because there's two of my favorites. All right. So one is the Sean Stevenson TEDx talk that takes place at a prison that I mentioned earlier in the, in the show um, that is just absolutely incredible. It is something where it is a 10-minute video. So if you've never heard of Sean and you're pressed for time, this is going to be one of your best places to start. And it will it, like many people I've shared this one with because I share it with everybody have said this one was a total game changer and to help them just shatter a limiting belief or mindset in just that 10 minutes. So Sean really is that good. The second one is a longer one. If you get that taste and you're like, all right, I want, want more of Sean in my veins, that's, <laughs> that's uh, you can go search for Sean Stevenson Awesomeness Fest. And it's called How to Create Powerful Connections with Anyone. And this speech is 59 minutes, but it was, that was the first speech I ever listened to by Sean. And this was one of the most impactful speeches I've ever listened to to date. And absolute, absolute game changer. So those would be my recommendations. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks so much. I think we actually, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think we hit our longest episode, but that means there's a lot of stuff in here for everybody. So if you are still with us, first of all, I congratulate you. You are with us for the long episode, but uh, second of all, I highly recommend you check out these things that Brian's bringing up, not just watching the video, but actually going to the websites he's talking about and really taking the time to invest in yourself. You know, as we saw firsthand, it's so important to make sure that your cup is overflowing first so that you can provide out of that excess. So Brian, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And uh, we're certainly going to have to bring you back here in the near future. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, and I forgot to mention, if anyone wants to contact me directly and uh, share anything, I'd love to hear from you guys. You can reach me at brian at overcominggraduation.com, and that's Brian with an I. So, But Zephan, this was fantastic. This is actually my first interview ever, so I really appreciate it. And you can tell I was a little excited by how much <laughs> I was talking, but... Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I love what you're doing, and I'm um, glad we've we've started uh, hanging out and getting to know each other a bit, man. Yeah, it's all good. Thanks so much for being here. We're definitely going to be keeping in touch. Absolutely. Thanks again, man. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted